Okay, good morning everyone. Hafreilich in Hanukkah. Today we're continuing the life and terror of our leaders as we do Tuesday mornings at 11.30 live with First Seder Bismedrish, firstseder.org. And a special welcome to our Torah Anytime viewers and listeners who are joining us for this year as well. So today we're going to talk about Rav Chaim Yoir Bachrach, or in English probably Bachrach, who is the author of the Sefer Chavos Yoir, Chuvos Chavos Yoir, whose yard site will be tomorrow, Aleph Teves. He was Nifter Tuf Samach Beis, which is 1702, January 1st, 1702, which makes it his 319th yard site. Um, tomorrow on Rishchidosh Tevis. <coughs> Who was Rav Yoir, Reb Chaim Yor Bachrach? So his grandfather's name was Reb Avram Shmuel Bachrach, who was a darshan in Prague. He gave drushes in the city of Prague, and he eventually became the Rav of the city of Worms in Germany. He was the author of the Sefer Shemen Hamar. But his real claim to fame was his wife. His wife was a very famous woman in Europe. Her name was Chava, and she was the daughter of Reb Yitzchak HaKoyin Katz. And I just want to point out that when it comes to the Chavis Yoir, there is not a very comprehensive biography or even a toldois about him. Um, there's a lot of pieces of information that have been put together from different sources, and mostly... The information is gleaned, at least for today's year, from the Hakdamas to the Svarim that he wrote, the introductions to the Svarim that he wrote, to his and his Matseva, and a few other places where we see that we could get a lot of information just from um, these sources, like a Hakdama to a Sefer or a Matseva. So he writes in the Hakdama to one of his Svarim. In, to the Schavis Yar, actually. He says, My grandfather, Reb Yitzchak, was called Reb Itzik, Reb Labish. Reb Itzik, like the one who is belongs to Reb Leib, Reb Labish. Reb Itzik, Reb Labish. Who's Reb Labish? Reb Labish was his father-in-law, the Maral Miprag. Reb Leib. We've talked about him on his yard site. So he was the son-in-law, Reb Yitzchak Katz, was the son-in-law of the Maral Miprag. So, Chava, the daughter of Rebitza Katz was a granddaughter of the Maral Miprag. So the Chavaziar's grandmother was the Maral's granddaughter. However, she was that wasn't just her claim to fame. Continues the Chavaziar and he writes, She was unique as a woman, Bemina, and in her generation in Taira. She was a very brilliant woman and knew how to learn. She had a Medjish Rabbah, writes the Chavis Yar, that had no Pirushim on it. And she would learn it, and she would explain it according to her own understanding. And he writes, in many places she actually questioned the Pirush of the Matnas Kahuna, that's one of the classic um, commentaries on the Medjish Rabbah. Says the Chavis Yar, many, pla many places, he writes, she asked questions and she um, didn't, didn't agree with his Pshat. Then anyone who heard her pshat would understand that she's right and he is incorrect. 
And he says, in my many svarim, and we'll talk about that later in the shir, I brought different things in her name. She had a pirush on machzorim, slichos, rashi on chumish. She was a brilliant, brilliant woman. And he continues and he says, her chasidus and her anhagos, e efsher lahalis al niyar, is impossible to truly describe what a tzadikus she was just writing on paper. He continues and she says she was widowed at the age of 30 years old and lekavod her husband, she never got remarried. He writes, the Chavis Yar writes, that I heard from my father, and we'll talk about his father in a moment, that the Shlah HaKadosh, when he was leaving Chutz Laretz to go to Eretz Yisrael, he wanted to marry this Chava. And she did not want to marry the Shlah. And the Shlah said about himself, that it's my Averis that caused that I was not Zoyche to marry a Guf Kadosh Kazeh to marry uh, this Chava. And continues, continues the Chavas and says that after her husband passed away, he was the Rav of, uh, of Worms, as we said, she went to Prague, she went back to Prague, that's where they originally came from, and she stayed there until the year Tuf Yud, and in the, Tuf Yud, the year Tuf Yud, which is... Um, which is the year 1650. In 1650, my father became the Rav of Worms, he writes. So it means um, her son became the Rav of Worms. So she traveled back to Worms with our family. She stayed there for about a year. And then she decided she's going to Eretz Yisrael. And on the way, wherever she went, they, 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 they greeted her with great honor and covered. But she had was nifter on the way. And um, she never made it to Eretz Yisrael. So very famous woman, this Chava, the granddaughter of the Maral, the grandfather, the grandmother, I'm sorry, of the Chavis Yor. That's his grandfather and grandmother. His father's name was Ramosha Shimshin, who also started off as a Darshan in Prague. That's what it says on his Matseva in the Old Cemetery of Worms. And then he became the Rav of Worms, like we just mentioned. His mother, Chava, traveled along with him. Um... Reb Moshe Shimshin's wife, the mother of the Chavis Yor, was named Tufrish. She was the daughter of the Rav of Moravia. The Chavis Yor was born in the year 1638, Shin Sadi And he writes that Shmimi Beten, my name I was given at birth, was Chaim. And in fact, on the top of his Matseva, not on the part where he writes all the titles and his whole name, but on the curved part of it, on the arch, it just says, Rabbeinu Chaim Bachrach. So he says, My name at birth was Chaim. When I was sick, I was given a name from heaven, meaning because he was sick, they had to add on a name. He calls that my name that was heaven given, was named Yoir. So that's why his name is Chaim Yoir Bachrach. Now it's interesting, on his Matseva, it actually says, Rabbeinu Shimin Yoir Chaim, I don't know where the name Shimon came from. I don't see it in any of his Svarim. The only place I find it is on his Matseva. I don't have a Pshat in that. But again, he wrote about himself. My name was Chaim. And then Yoyer was added. As we said before, in the year Tuf Yud, so he was, if uh, Shin Sadiches, he was born, so he was about 12 years old. In the year 1650, his father became the Rav of Worms, and they moved to Worms. Now what's interesting, in Achuva and Chavas and Kuf Chav Dalid, and we'll talk about that at the end of the year. He writes about Derek Halimud for children. He writes that when I was young, my father learned with me a parak of Mishnayis every day, additionally, addition, in addition to what I learned in Base Rebbe in my school. 
He says, until I got to the age of being a bacher, then I was able to learn Gemara Rashi Taisvis, Bechal Hashas, Samuch Lebiyasi Lekak Vermaiza Besayv Taf Yod. So by the age of 12, he's writing that he already was learning Gemara Rashi Taisvis, Bechal Hashas, close to the time that I came to Worms in the year Taf Yod. He says, my father used to learn with me and with a bunch of, and a few friends, Chaveirim Bachrim Muflagim, a unique Bachrim. He will learn with us the Pirish of the Rif, Biksas Chidushav. And he says, if you learn the Rif, so you're able to quickly learn and get the Shaklavitarya of the Gemaras without learning through the whole Halach Yelach of every Gemara. And he says, that's really how you are Kaina, you acquire knowing Shas. He says, This is how great people used to do it. And he says, My father-in-law also had a Kabbalah like that. And he did that with his son. And in three years, you could finish all of Shas by learning the riff with some of the Chidushim. And he writes over there, and if you learn the Rosh along with it, then you get all the Taisvasin as well on the Gemaras. Then you mamish know everything. But you see here who he learned with. He learned. He had a school, it sounds like, that he learned with at a younger age and eventually at an older age, meaning 11, 12 years old, he was already learning as a bacher, he called himself, with his father um, learning through the riff and shas in a small group of bacherim. So that was in the year Tuf Yud, his father became the Rav of Worms. Um, in the year Tuf Yud Gimel, so he's very young, he's all 15 years old, he married his wife, Rina Serlin, Serlin, um, the daughter of Ramishulam Eliezer Zusmin Brillin, who was the Rav in a place called Fulda, which is about 175 kilometers east of Worms. And it says on her Matzeva in Worms, which is right next to her husband's, it says she was an Eishas Chaver, the wife of Atamachacham, Ubas Gavra Rabba, and she was the daughter of a great man as well. After he got married, he went to learn in Frankfurt in the yeshiva of Remendel Bas. Remendel Bas was the Atamud of the Bach. He had taken over for the son of the Shla, who was the Rosh Hashiva in Worms. And uh, that's where he learned there. And in the year Tav Chaf Aleph, he was 23 years old. He got smicha from his Rebbe, Remendel Bas. And he was given the name in those days when you got smicha, you were called Meirenu. And in fact, he writes in his Akdama to Mekarchayim, which is a Sefer on, Sh- on Shulchan Aruch Arachayim, we'll see later. Um, it's interesting, the, the Akdama to Mekarchayim was actually written um, like in a very, like in a poem. So everything there rhymes. He says, Ben Chav Gimel, Itruni Chachmei Goyla Ba'terezov Gedoyla. When I was 23 years old, they crowned me with this golden uh, crown. Uben Chav Dalit, and when I was 20, that means he got smicha. When I was 24, he says, I gave a jirasha in the Yerid, in the fair in Frankfurt. Beroivam Hamula, Biyashu Devarai Beineam Kemincha Belula. And there was many people there, and they were very happy with what I said. And he writes, I used to darshan two or three times there as well. And in all of Kihilis Ashkenaz, in the communities of Germany, Chivavuni, they loved me. And he continues and he says, When I was 25 years old, I became a Rav in a community and a, uh, an area. Medina does not say a country, a region. So that's probably referring to his rabbinus in the city called Koblenz, which is all, he never really left the area once Frankfurt, Worms, Koblenz, Mainz, these are all in the same area over there in the Rhineland. 
and um, and his matseva it says he was a rav in Mainz. In Mainz, sometimes it's called Magentia, sometimes it's called Mainz in Mainz. And then it says he was a rav in Koblenz. So this seems to be talking about when he was a rav in Koblenz. There's not a lot of details about um, his rabbonus in in Mainz. When he became a rav in Koblenz. Um, a normal rabbonus in Germany at the time was usually for three years. If you remember last week, we had also, uh, we talked about um, uh, the Yarech Laner also in Altona. He had the original Ksav rabbonus was for three years. Um, so it was for three years, and if you made it past the three years, so usually they just renewed the contract and it was for life. In Koblenz, it seems, they had to re-vote again after three years, and for some reason, he wasn't voted back in a second time. And he writes, and he says that, um, he says, Shonim v'yomim achadim, I'm sorry, he writes, Avaloi harichu yimei shalva. Um, my days of peace were not long, only three years and a few days. Ki chichlois man ha-kotzer be'eva ha-dafuni ruachadim. In a short amount of time, in, I'm sorry, at the end of the set time, they like threw me away like chaff in, that blows away in the wind. And he ends off and he says, Begam Zulataiva, if this is what Hashem wants, so yeah, I'm finished. So what did he do? So he writes that in the beginning of the winter of Tuf Lamid, so he's uh, now 32 years old, he said, I went back to my hometown of Worms, where my father was the Rav, and I'm going to live there. Now he didn't go back as a Rav, he didn't go back as anything, he went back as a regular person, a regular inhabitant of the city. He says, but then at the beginning of the winter of that year, Nisraf Habira, my uh, my palace was burnt down, which means to say his father was Nifter. And his father was Nifter suddenly while he was there in Worms. And he writes that I said that maybe this is the Hashkacha, that I was not, I was let go from the city of Koblenz. And because of that, I had to go back to Worms. And I was able to be there, Bishas, that my father was Nifter. He says, but when my, before my father was Nifter, he called the heads of the Kehila. And he said that he wants his son to be the Rav in his place. However, after his father was Nifter, writes the Chavis Yoyer, that they answered and they said, Lo bim We don't, will not do such a thing to make a balabayis to be the Rav on us. I guess since he wasn't coming from any Rabbonus, again, like we said, he was an inhabitant of the city, they called him a balabayis and they refused to make him the Rav of the city. Instead, and we'll see in a moment, there might have been a little space and time in between. Instead, they chose Rav Aaron Frankel to Umim, to be the Rav. He wrote a sefer on the Haggadah called Mate Arain, but there was a lot of friction between him and the Chavas Yar. Could you imagine the Chavas Yar is already from the Gedali Hadar. He already had um, response and correspondence with many, many Gedalim throughout the whole world. And he's like the regular Balabas, so to speak, sitting in the shul, and the Rav is the Rav of the shul. Can you imagine having him in your shul um, if you're a Rav? It probably wasn't so simple. And it seems that the Chavaz was slighted, that he wasn't, his father's wishes weren't filled. And he actually wrote a Sefer against the Mate Aranan Haggadah. He wrote very, very sharp against him, especially against his Derech Halimud. But he never printed the Sefer, and he actually forbade anyone from printing it. He also wrote somewhere in one of the Hakdamas to one of his Svarim, also the exact details of his Machlaikas with the Rav, and he also asked anyone for printing it. In the 1800s, there was a, uh, a, a periodical called Bikurim by a maskil named Aaron Yelenik, and he found some pieces of it, and he printed some of the pieces of it. But, um, so that was, there was a lot of friction between him and the Rav. But what's interesting to note is 
that in the year Tav Mem Gimel, um, Reb Aaron, the Rav, wrote a Haskama to the Chavaz Yar Sefer Makar Chayim that he wanted to print. And he writes over there, Harav HaMuflag Hazeh, this great Rav, Shonim Rabbis Iti B'Mechitzasi, he's here with me many years, he has, never leaves the Bismedrish, he's, he's always alone learning, he doesn't go to sleep, um, he's such a masmid, so on and so forth. So he wrote a beautiful askama for him, even though there was this friction. In, um, it's interesting that in the Minhage Vermeiza, there's a sefer called Minhage Vermeiza, the Minhage of Worms, that was written by the Shamish, Reb Yosva Shemesh, his name was. He was a Shamish for more than 30 years in, in, uh, in Worms. And um, he writes like this. He said, in the year Tuf Lamed Aleph, in other words, the Yamim Neiraim, right after Reb, uh, the Rav was Nifter, right after Reb Moshe Shimshin, the father, was Nifter, he was Nifter in the summer, and this was the first Yamim Neiraim, so he writes that, Rav Chaim Rosh Hashanah, that Reb Chaim Yor Bachrach, the Chavis Yor, Davin for the Amud Rosh Hashanah Shachris, and Yim Kippur Musaf, and he's writing even though he was an Avel, however, he was an Avel for his father, the Rav, However, since it was, so he writes, so he sees, he writes, you see that an Avil could be uh, about Tvila <coughs> and Yamim Neiraim. But then he says, maybe it was a special allowance. We don't find anywhere in our Kehila a Chazin like him. Whether it's in the understanding of the words of the Machser with all the Kavanas, because he was Kiucharif, Uvaki, Belamdin Gadol, Vachashov. He knew the nigunim ashayachim liyamim neiraim, the special nigunim. He writes ki uumen gadol boomnes achazanus. The chavis yar was a very unique um, expert in chazanus. V'yesh lekal noim with a beautiful voice. But later on, he writes that they wanted to be mechabed him with tefilas geshem on shmini atzeres, and the uh, the president sent it, sent him the uh, the the talis to Davin. And he says, no, he can't because he's an Avel. Um, and even though he davened on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, but now he doesn't want to daven. It seems, I guess, he didn't need such a special chazin for Geshem. He felt that if he's an Avel, he shouldn't, he shouldn't daven. And in fact, in the Sefer Makar Chayim, his own Sefer on Arachayim, when he talks about that, he says um, about an Avel davening, he writes, shnas This happened with me in the year Tav Lamed Aleph. Now, What's interesting to note is that when they sent him the talis for Geshem, Rav Yosva writes, Kihu rav. He says, because he's the one who is acting as the Rav, so he should daven Geshem. Now we know he didn't become the Rav, we just said that before. Rav Aaron Frankel Tumim became the Rav. So it would seem to me, and I didn't see anyone else point this out, but it would seem to me that right after the Rav was Nifter, in the beginning of the summer, there wasn't a Rav that replaced him immediately. So that Yomim Neiroim, the Chavisher, was the acting Rav. And that's how, what Rav Yosef writes. He was the Mamala Mokam Liyosef Rav. So therefore that's why they sent him to Davin Geshem. And then they ended up hiring a new Rav. So it wasn't just like they didn't take him as the Rav. He was the acting Rav for a little bit over Yom and Neiroim and Sukkis, and then they didn't take him. That might have been actually a bigger slight. Later on, when he does become the Rav of Worms, and when Rav Yosefer writes about the Minhagim then, so he writes then, um, he writes um, in, in numerous places, he writes, when he writes about things that happened in those days, he writes that now the Chavis Yar is 
um, filling his father's place. Shenifter b'shnas uh, Taf Lamed, who, who was Nifter in Taf Lamed. So also he's saying that before this he wasn't the Mamalamakam, now he is the Mamalamakam. But that might be another reason why there was some friction um, and he was slighted because it wasn't just that they took another Rav, he'd been acting Rav for a little bit, interim Rav, so to speak, and then they didn't keep him on as the Rav for some reason. In the year 1688, um, the Nine Year War in Europe began. And that was the war between France and the Holy Roman Empire. And, um, and in the Hakdama to Chavisyar, to he writes that in Tuf Memtes 1689, Yud Gimel Sivan, our city was destroyed. The, Fra- the, the French decided instead of uh, letting the, uh, the Holy Roman Empire and the rest of Europe take over the cities, they just went and they burnt down cities to the ground. And Worms was one of those cities. And writes the Chavis Yar, so Yoshvi Akak Yotzim the people of the city, they had to leave and they had to wander. I also was amongst them, and I ended up in the big city, Irgadela Lalakim, Frankfurt. So he ended up in Frankfurt. Ravarin Tumim, the Rav, also left at that time when they had to leave Worms in 1689. He became the Rav in Krakow in 1690, which opened up the Rabbanus now for later on for the Chavis Yar to become Rav. He never had a very bad end um, in, in 1690. Very shortly after he became the Rav of Krakow, this Rev, Rev Tumim, he traveled to a, a city near Krakow for a meeting of the Vat Arba Aratus, and he was taken captive by one of the Polish noblemen and he was like tortured and he was beaten and he, he actually died um, in captivity and he's not buried in Krakow, he was buried somewhere else nearby. But... Um, in Frankfurt, the Chavis Yor then started to print his Sefer Chavis Yor. As we'll see, um, he printed and attempted to print some Svarm earlier, but the Chuvas Chavis Yor he printed in Frankfurt. And he writes there what his situation was. He says, this is, and when you hear these words, you try to picture what's going on. Can you imagine worms? The city is totally burnt to the ground. Not totally, but burnt to the ground. Everyone had to run away. He said, Lesibais Vatirdais, because of things that were, were, were bothering me. Pachaderech, the fear of the road. Vaavoin and Averois. Azavani Koichi, I've lost my strength, and old age has crept up on me. I don't hear well, he writes. I don't see well. My mind is not the same. I can't walk without someone helping me. And I'm like locked up in the house. So we're talking about in the year, let's say, what, 1690. Um, So 1690, he's all of um, 52 years old. And he already has having hearing problems and sight problems and kaikas problems and walking problems because of the, the situation that he was in. In 1699, which is 10 years late after they left Worms, so he went back with the inhabitants of Worms back to the city, and they made him the Rav of the city, and that's what Rav Yosva was writing. Now he's the Rav of the city, Mamale Aviv. But it was only for three years. He was Nifter um, in Tuf Samach Beis, um, like we said, in 1702. January 1st, 1702, he was all of 64 years old. He was all of 64 years old, um, when he was um, when he was nifter, what are his svarim? So he put out a sefer called Chut Shani in the year sixteen seventy nine. Tough Lamites. So Tough Lamites, he was in Worms as a regular inhabitant, and this was mostly from his father's um, and his grandfather's Torah. 
And he says in that I'm afraid that if I put out my own Svarim before I put out my father and grandfather's Svarim, so that's not a, a proper thing to do. So therefore, I'm putting out their Svarim first. That caused that he was delayed in putting out his Sefer or attempting to put out his Sefer on Shulchan Aruch called Mikar Chayim, on Arachayim. He wanted to put it out and then he writes that because he got delayed in putting out his the first Sefer, Chutshani, he writes in Akdama to Mekar Chayim that in the meantime, the Sefer Mogine Eretz was printed. What is Mogine Eretz? If you open up a Shulchan Aruch Arachayim to the title page, you'll see that we call it Shulchan Aruch, but it's called Sefer Mogine Eretz. Mogine Eretz was the Shulchan Aruch and Ramah printed with the commentary of the Mogin Avram and the Taz. Mogin Avram is called Mogin Avram. Um... And the Taz is called uh, Beis David. And um, you, that's the Sefer is called Magine Eretz, that Sefer. We just call it a Shulchan Aruch. So he says, in the meantime, this was printed, and I found that most of what I wrote in Makar Chayim is already in the Magen Avram and the Taz. In other words, he wrote he wanted to be a Pirish on the Shulchan Aruch, like we have the Magen Avram and the Taz. And he says, he says, um, he says, Ruba Demin Karmi Most of what I printed is already there. He says certain things I'm not happy with they wrote. He says, and he actually wrote um, commentary on the Mangan Avram and the Taz that he printed at the that he put at the end of the Sefer Makar Chaim. He's or he writes Shekasafti Begulyoni Sefri. I put it on the on the margins of my Sefer. I wrote my Haaris. He says, sometimes I, I said the same as them. Sometimes I, uh, uh, I, I believe I'm right. Sometimes I believe they're right and I retracted. And he says, really what I should have done is, is just redone my whole Sefer and made like a second version of it. He says, but I didn't have Kayach to do it. Lisibos, Rabbis, Hamatridos had so many things that were, that were, uh, were, were interfering with me. I couldn't redo my whole Sefer, Mekar Chaim. Besides that, he writes, I don't have money to do it either. Um, he says, hopefully, Omar Belibi, Oid Chazayin Lamayed, that hopefully this will happen another time. It happens to be that the Sefer was never printed, the Makar Chaim, the Chavis Yard never printed the Sefer Makar Chaim. Um, he had a skomis on it already from the Goine Ashkenaz, he writes about it. Um, and in fact, in Chavis Yar, he writes, in Simon Tess, he writes that to somebody, he says, what's written in the Sefer. Um, Magen David, which is the Taz, I call the base of before it's called Magen David. I'm sorry. Um, the Taz, Chafasi Loidia Lamar. He says, I want to tell you that more than two thirds of the Sefer Makar Chayim is in the Sefer Megine Eretz. And he says, really, the Magen Avram um, and the Magen David, the Taz, both of them, they really should have made a a, a um, they should have edited their Svarim a little better and made like a, a Madura Basra. Because he says if their 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 lashon their terminology is megumgamayid, sometimes it's hard to understand. If they would have edited better, it would have been easier to understand. But again, he was writing. He says more than two thirds of my sefer makar chayim is found in the Magen Avram and the Taz. He says I wrote many notebooks full of haaris on the Magen Avram and the Taz. Lamaisa. It was never printed, the Makar Chaim. The Ksavya got lost for many years, till not long ago, Tafshin Membeis. About 40 years ago, um, it was found, pieces of it, and it was printed by Mechayin Yerushalayim in two, two volumes. One is the Makar Chaim, the second part has the Haaris that he has on the Taz and the Magan Avram, so that was never printed. 
The Sefer Mark Hashisha is an interesting Sefer. It's mentioned many times in Chavis Yar. It also was never printed by him. It was printed only in Tavshin Nunbeis by Mechayin Yerushalayim. And it's like Klalei HaTalmud. It's like rules. It's like a, a, an encyclopedia, a dictionary. Very fascinating Sefer. He wrote the Sefer called Eitz Chaim, and he himself says about the Sefer Eitz Chaim, HaKoylo Teschiburim. My Sefer Eitz Chaim really is nine different compositions, big ones, and he says the simon is Chesed, Pachad, and Emes, I guess, which is nine letters. So that's the simon for those Svarim. None of those were printed. Um, then we come to the Chuvas Chavas Yar. Chuvas Chavas Yar is the only Sefer he printed. And like we said, he printed it in Frankfurt. Um, and he writes in the preface to it that he's putting into it not only the Hakdama to Chavis Yar, the Hakdama to the preface and introductions to some of his other Svarim. And he says, why am I doing this? Why am I putting Hakdama into a Sefer where the Sefer is not there? So he says, because I Pasha don't have money to put out the Svarim, and I'm hoping someone will see the Hakdama to one of my other Svarim, and he'll help because he'll want to help me print it. Um, and he writes that in Chavis Yar, he writes, this, these chuvas that I have here, which is about 238 chuvas, it's about 150th, 2% of the notebooks that I have. So that's how many notebooks full of svarim that he wrote that were never printed. Now why is it called Chavis Yar? So this is very interesting. He says, the first thing is because the Chavos Yoir in Parshas Matos, the cities of Yoir were unwalled cities. They were cities that were prazi. They were unwalled in Eretz Yisrael. Ein Chayma. So he says, when I weigh myself against the chuvas of the Gedolei Olam of the world, I'm like an unwalled city. I have no protection. Like I'm a nothing. I'm very vulnerable. So therefore, that's the first reason I'm calling it Chavos Yoir, because I don't measure up to the chuvas of the Gedolei HaOlam that exist. He said also the Lashen Chavos, Lashen Chava, like the name Chava, is a Lashen of Chios, of Chaim, and my name is Chaim. Like we said before, the name I got, Mi Betan. And Yoyer is the name that I got when I was sick. So Chavos Yoyer is like my name, Chaim Yoyer. He says also that the amount of chuvas, the amount of responsa that I actually have is at least... Tof Reish Lamed Hay, 635, which is the gematria of Chavis Yoir, even though, like I said, he only printed 238 of them. So 238 out of at least 635 chuvas um, are printed in Chavis Yoir. He says another reason is because he wanted to name name it after his grandmother Chava. We mentioned her before. That's where he writes all about, about her. Now, just like he says, my grandfather was named Reb Yitzchak, Reb, Reb Itzchak, Reb Leibish, because they wanted to say, like, he belongs to Reb Leibish. He was his son-in-law. That's what they used to do in Germany, he writes. So, too, Chava Yisyar is as if it's saying, Yoir is Chavish. Yoir is, uh, 
is 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 um, is um, relying on Chava, like Reb Leibish. Now, even though it's a Shin and a Taf, he says they're in, in, inter, in, interchangeable. So he wanted to say he wanted to like uh, be Tyla himself. He wanted to, uh, lack a better word, hang himself. But that's not the word I want to use. He wanted to show that I'm relying on who, who's responsible for me. Who's the one that that gives me uh, any fame is my grandmother Chava. So I'm like Chava's yar, Chava's yar. This I'm Chava's yar. So that's why he called it Chavois yar. In Chasam Soifer Al Hatayra, in Devarim, page Kufnun Zayin, and it's another place also in Drosh's Chasam Soifer, he writes that when he's talking about um, Hashem gives people messages, he writes that when the Chavis Yor wanted to call his the name of a Sefer Chavis Yor, named after his grandmother and himself, um, he was thinking about that name. He punked got an Aliyah that Shabbos. And the Pasuk said, Vayikra Esem Chavos Yoyer. And he saw that as a simim in Hashemayim that he should call the Sefer um, Chavos Yoyer. Now, let's talk a few of the famous Chuvas in Chavos Yoyer, some fascinating things. The first thing is, he was a very independent thinker in learning. And he writes in one Chuv, and he says, even if the tour and the rush went with the way of Taisvis, and they Paskin like him, he says, I have Rishus to say the way I see things. And he says, if Taisvis is, is Kenegin me, I have to say it the way I see it, and I don't have to shterzuch from the Rishonim that, um, that same to say different. This is the MS that I have to say. And in fact, he's the, he writes in the beginning of Simon Tess, he brings from Aristotle, famous Zog from Aristotle, he writes it in Hebrew, that Aristotle, the, the philosopher Hayavani said, Ov Sakrat, Ov Altain Rakemis of Yaiser. Aristotle Sapoli said, I love Socrates and I love Plato, but I love the truth even more. And that's how he starts off his chuva with this zog, with this uh, saying from Aristotle to show that the Iker by him, the Chavisyor, was the truth. He talks about Kabbalah in Simon Reish Yud. When he talks about Kabbalah, he says, Of course, Beloy Safek, um, it's Nishmas HaTayra, it's the Neshama of Tyra. He says, however, um, not everyone is able to learn it. There's sakonas atzumais, terrible dangers in learning it. And at the end of the simon, he brings from his father in the Sefer Shem and Hamar, who also decries people trying to learn Kabbalah. He says, Balabatim, who don't know between their right and their left, and they don't know how to even learn a, a Chumash and Rashi, and they're learning Kabbalah. It's not something people should get involved in. In Simon Kuf Chavdalid, he seems he didn't attend somebody's bar mitzvah, and he apologized for not attending. But he writes that this person wanted to know how to be mechanech his son, give him a derech halimud, and he writes a whole derech halimud here. And we quoted this tshuva before when he talked about how his father learned with him. But basically, he said, you know, if you're going to send him to school, he's not going to learn too much. If you find him a private rebbe, you have to find someone who does it l'shem shemayim. Not so many people do it for that; they do it just for the money. He says. Um, and even if you find someone to learn with him by himself, but he also needs to have some social life. Dibuk Chaveirim, he's got to talk to people. So the best thing to do is to have a group of five or six Yechidim, individuals, and they should learn with a Malamed. And that's what he writes at the end of the Shuv, that's what his father did with him, with a group of people. At that time, many, it seems many Bacharim would learn Chayshem Mishpat, Rabbeim would teach Chayshem Mishpat, monetary laws. It was a lot of uh, pikchus in there, and you become a businessman if you know Chayshem Mishpat well. And he says that's a mistake. They should focus on learning Arachayim. Arachayim is what you have to le- learn to, uh, for daily life, and then you can move on to your day. We also need for daily life, our Chayvahs of daily life. 
most of Dine Mamas are not halacha lamaisa that you need to know daily, and you're wasting your time if you start with that, he writes. He writes the whole thing about learning diktuk, he says you can learn it, but you shouldn't, you should just know the basic klalim, you should not have, you know, go too much into it, don't waste too much time on it, he says. He says, you should learn with your child a parak of Mishnayis every single day. If it's hard prakim, it should be half a parak. He should chazer them constantly, um, and because that will give him a bikiyas, especially when he comes to learn Gemara. And that's what we said earlier in the shir, in that same tshuva. He says you should learn riff with him, and in three years he can know Shakla Vitaria. And he's very much against learning B'derech HaPilpul. If you remember, we talked about Derech HaPilpul, Rav Shalom Shachna and the Marshal, and others. And he writes, don't waste your time with Chilukim and Charifu Shel Hevel, which originally originated in some of the yeshivas of Germany. Um, Rav Shalom Shachna brought it over. Actually, I mean, earlier Rav, Rav Palak brought it over. Um, and um, brought it to Poland. And he says, don't waste your time with, with Pilpul and things like that. Um... In Simon Reish Chav Beis, there's a fascinating uh, tshuva about in a Hatzava that someone in Amsterdam who didn't have any sons, he said his daughter should, they, they should learn in the house, um, and after they learn, the daughter should say Kaddish. So no one made a macha in Amsterdam about a daughter saying Kaddish. And the Chavisyar uh, writes a tshuva and it says, even though a girl, a lady is mitzvah on Kiddush Hashem, and there's a svara to say that if she says Kaddish, it'll bring a nachas ruach to her father as well. He says, but Lamaisa, this is something new that we've never seen. And if we're going to allow this to happen, so everybody's going to come up with their own ideas of what they want to happen. And therefore, he writes to them that you have to protest, um, you, have to, uh, you have to be moicha. Um, another tshuva in Kuf Tzadi Aleph, interesting tshuva, where he talks about a tsar balechayim by a person. He's talking about a, a kayan and running out of a house because of tumah, it's freezing cold. But he just says an interesting thing there. And he says that unless it's brought down in the Paiskim about certain instances where tsar of a person plays a role, like in mitzar Potter Minat Sukkah, or uh, sometimes Memakam uh, Chayli we find, he says, but normally when it comes to um, halacha, we never take into account tsar of a person. Either Sar Balechayim, if you can't be Mitzar an animal, which some hold are Dairaisa, so for sure a person's pain should be taken into account. Maybe we should be matter things because of Tsar of a person. So he writes, there's no Isser of Tsar Balechayim by a person. He says, animals who don't have Das, so then all they feel is pain. We have a mitzvah not to pain them unless, you know, there's a purpose or necessary. But a person, if he's in pain, so a person has to accept that. He has to accept that this is what Hashem wants from him. And that's not taken into account his pain to be matir, to be matir So You find this in the Gemara. The Gemara talks about an Avel. Is he potter from Kriyashma or potter from Sukkah? And the Gemara says, I, he's a mitzvah. The Gemara says, no, he's got to get himself together. So, but he just, the way the Chavis Yar, he puts it in, you know, in relation to Tsar Balechayim. And the last tshuva I want to share with you in Kuf Chavav, he talks about minhagim, people who leave at a family minhag or a minhag of a town, and then they leave that town, do they have to keep the minhag? And the first thing he talks about, he says, I remember when I was young in Worms, there used to be a minhag that throughout the whole year, no one ever played cards. Card, card games was not a, 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 a it, was, it was frowned upon, a waste of time. He says the only time people played cards was on Hanukkah. He says, and my father used to be very upset about it. He says, Hanukkah? 
is Yimei Hanais HaKvuim Lahoidus Ulehalel. It's a day that of miracles that we're supposed to be praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and instead people are, are playing Lishchaik, they're playing Vikalus, and they're, they're doing uh, jolly things of playing cards. And he wanted to answer it, and it's interesting what his father wanted to do. His father said, I'm not taking it away from you. He says, there's eight days that the Goyim celebrate from Kratzmach to New Year's, the eight days of their holidays, which people don't go to work anyways, nobody's working, so you have vacation, so play your card games then. Why are you playing them during Hanukkah, which is such an interesting thing. He didn't want to take it away from them. He's going to move it off. But Hanukkah? He says, he tried, my father tried, the Rav tried, and didn't work. They said, this is the Minig, and that's the Minig. So that tshuva is about Minhagim, very interesting tshuva. And at the end of the tshuva, he said, it was asked, that in the year Tav Memtes, when our city was destroyed, and the question was, there, are, there were certain fast days that the city of Worms kept because of the Crusades of Tatnu in Sivan. Are they mechuyiv to, um, now that they're not in, in Worms anymore, are they mechuyiv to keep those fast days? There were also minhagim, like not eating Gaisha um, butter, um, akum of butter, which there's a minigan worm, so people asked him, if we're not in worms anymore, maybe we don't have to keep the minig. And they told him, it's not just we're not there anymore, we're never going to go back, the place was destroyed. So we're miyayish from going back, maybe we're not tied to those minhagim. And he answered, first of all, maybe a few people gave up going back. But the tzibur has not given up. Like I said, it took 10 years till they went back. But we haven't given up. Chaste Hashem Samnu, he says. He says, Bechlal, the Sifrei Torah, the Klei Kaidish, all of the notebooks of the Kila, they're all locked up and safe over there. I don't know exactly where they put them, but he said there's Skurim over there. So we're not leaving them there. We're going to go back. Whenever the time is, we're able to go back. So he says, if that's true, we're still considered the Kihila of worms, and therefore all of the Menhagim of worms were Mechuyiv to keep, even though we are in Galus, we're Mechuyiv to keep them because we are going back to worms. And that's uh, that's a very interesting tshuva in Simon Kuchavav. Like we said, tomorrow is his 319th yard site from the Gedaili Hadar, Reb Chaim, Yoir Bachrach, Zichrayin Levracha, Schusa Yogin Aleinu. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, everyone. And a Freilich in Chanukah. And Bez Hashem, we will see you next week. Kaltuv.